Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my goodness, this week we are talking about some of the different parts of what it means to be a grace-filled warrior. We started that last week in episode 11, so if you missed it, I actually encourage you to go back and listen to that one before you come inside of this episode, because we talk about the basic concept of where our motherhood sits in episode 11, and now today we're going to actually kind of take two of those points and apply some questions to it and see what we come out with. Um, the truths in God's word in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17, we're going to kind of take that apart a little bit, look at two points and, um, and see what does it mean to be a grace-filled warrior. So the first thing we're going to talk about is in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, God says that He says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And we're going to stop there. And we talked a little bit about the fact that we are invited to triumphantly follow Jesus every day in our motherhood, the moment we know Jesus as our Savior. He is the victorious King. He has done battle on our behalf, and he invites us to follow him. But what I want to talk about really briefly is, okay, so what does that mean? So the first thing is, I think it's important to understand context. And I'm a little bit of a word nerd or a junkie. And so I usually will take apart things like that. And I just want you to understand what Paul, why did he choose triumphal procession? Why did he choose that terminology? And The reason is, is there was something back in ancient Roman times called the Roman triumph. And what that meant was after they had done a fierce battle or a big um, war, the victorious general would march through the streets of Rome. Ahead of him would march all of the captives and all the spoils of war, everything that he had achieved. And then behind him would walk all of the um, warriors who had fought on his behalf, all of his soldiers. And the, the streets would be lined with people. There would be incense burning. So you could just smell the, um, just this victorious parade. It would assault your, you know, all of your senses. There would be so much noise, shouting, and um, just loud instruments. And, and then they would have the incense burning and um, everything that you could see displayed. And it would be well known if you were a soldier following a victorious general. And you would march triumphant through the streets and be applauded right along with him. 
And so for you and for me, that picture, Paul takes that picture and he says, that's you. You are the one marching behind the victorious Jesus Christ who has done battle on your behalf in this war against sin. And he has won. He has emerged victorious and it impacts you in every corner of your world. You see, the gospel changes everything. It doesn't just, it's not just a label that we stick on the outside. It wants to transform every part of every corner and every facet of your life, including your motherhood. That's what Jesus wants to do. And he wants you to know that your motherhood is no longer a place that performance matters because he has done the performing. You see, the gospel holds the only hope for you and for me with our kids because we're never going to do and be all that they need. And we're never going to succeed every time in saying the right words. Just today, just today, I hurt one of my children's feelings because I was impatient and cross with them at breakfast. I mean, I hadn't even gotten like two hours into the day and I was already having to go seek that one's heart out and apologize. And then there was another one today that in essence brought to me the fact that days ago I had wounded them. And, you know, I, I'm not going to succeed in saying the right thing every day. I'm not going to lead perfectly. I'm going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up. And you know, I'm not going to respond well. There's lots of days I won't. And if I believe that I have to, you see, if we believe that we have to, like we have to win the victory every day and we have to check the boxes every day and we have to do all the things, then we're going to be discouraged because we're not. And we're going to be enslaved to the bondage of performance. I'm going to tell you that this last year that we've walked through 2020 and now we're in 2021, it has really showed me how much I want to bank on me to win the victory. Even now, and I've been applying these gospel truths. I've been saying and speaking and and standing in these truths. And yet, even now, I will return to what I think might work. And I will kind of jump off on my own and try and win the victory. Instead of remembering, I have been invited to walk in triumph behind the one who is victorious. It changes everything. When I can begin to understand, he's not depending on my performance. And so that's the first point. We walk triumphantly behind the one who is victorious. And when we begin to root down in the gospel that tells us this over and over, which we will, and we're going to begin to apply it in real life circumstances, and you're going to hear me say, no, 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 no. Remember, we walk triumphantly behind him. So the fact that we are interpreting the way that we handled this situation and it is a failure and, and our natural response then is to interpret it as I'm a failure. I did this and we begin to paint our identity with an action that we did that was wrong, right? We need to repent. Like if I, like today, when I 
was rude to a child at breakfast, I had to go and repent and make that right. And then when the other child today came to me and shared with me a place that I had wounded him days before, I was like, honestly, a part of me, I mean, I'm just going to be truthful straight up here. There was a part of me that was irritated too. Because it was kind of like the jump on train. So I had already apologized because it was rude today. And this other kid was like, yeah, and you know, yesterday. Da, da, da. And I kind of was like, are you kidding? You're going to. And, and so that wasn't great, right? And then, then I wanted to own and get beat down by a man. I mean, like, I didn't even know that happened. And he's been walking around with that. And he's been wounded for days. That's a flip side for me. So I can be irritated that you tell me I did something wrong because I'm prideful. But then afterwards, I'm going to beat myself up because I didn't know before that I'd done it. And that was bad too. So all of that though, all of that can be laid at the feet of Jesus. There is forgiveness for all of that. There's grace applied to all of that. There is mercy and there is renewing that he promises. And my identity isn't rocked by my poor performance and your identity is not rocked because you didn't do or measure up or hit the mark or check the list that you wanted to check. So we want to understand we walk triumphantly behind somebody and he has always been victorious. And then secondly, the second part that we're going to explore is the fact that we're commissioned by God. And the reason I want to put these two together is because I really believe that identity is a huge pitfall for us as mamas. And so I want to I kind of want to tell you a story um, of it is a little bit of the way we work in our home. And so you'll see a little bit of insight. But so I have two boys that are two years apart and they are now um, middle school boys. And then I have a little five-year-old boy now. And back a few years ago, all of them still really enjoyed superheroes. Now my big boys like superheroes, but they like them in a different way. Now they, they enjoy some of the movies that we let them watch and they, um, they know all the movies. I don't even know how they know all the movies when they haven't even been allowed to watch them all. But at any rate, um, they know all the superheroes and know all their superpowers. I can't keep any of it straight and I really actually work at it. But years ago, my two big ones, the, or the two that sit close in age together, basically they would they have a list and they still have it. And one day I'm going to get it from them, but they, they still like it. So it's still theirs, but it is a list of like, oh gosh, probably 50 or 80 superheroes that they have invented. They're not real. They've just, they've invented superpowers. They've taken different superpowers and, mish, and mishmashed them together. And they create these things like a long, long time ago, um, one of our boys loved to be this mishmash superhero he had invented called the Tiger Hulk. And and he was consistently Tiger Hulk for months. And, and Tiger Hulk possessed certain capabilities and certain powers. And, um, you know, you couldn't call him by his name. You needed to call him Tiger Hulk, the whole thing. But now we have this new up-and-comer boy who has learned the language a little bit from his older brother's. And he was, he was loving the fact that the boys had basically at that point were just drawing like cartoon books of superheroes. And 
my littlest guy was loving seeing all the drawings. And so he wanted to be a superhero. And so they invented a superhero for him and they called him Lightning Storm. Now, Lightning Storm, the power for Lightning Storm is that he has the ability to shoot lightning out when he runs. So if he was running, lightning was shooting behind him. And so anybody in the path of lightning was killed or obliterated. So that was a good power to have. He could fly through the air and he could jump huge jumps. Those were whatever reason, those were the three superhero powers that he had as lightning storm. But my, my child was just like two and a half, three. And he really couldn't remember his superhero name at all. He could remember some of the powers, but not all the powers. He could remember a little bit of the name, but not all of the name. And so all day long, he kept coming back to me. Mama, what's my name? What's my name again? Tell me my name. What do I, what is my power? What can I do? And so all day long, there was this repetition of what is his name? Who is he? Who has he become as a superhero? And what is he capable of because of who he is? And you know, that is a little mere snapshot, I believe, of how God is patient with us with our understanding of our new identity as his child commissioned by him and given a new name. You see, when you and I come and know that Jesus died for our sins, when we understand that he redeemed us from the curse of the law, that he has given us the Holy Spirit through faith, when we understand that it's not us living anymore, it's Christ living in us, when these gospel truths begin to seep in and we understand what Jesus has done for us, what he promises is he says, since you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old person that was condemned under the law and all your sins, the old person who was going to be measured by performance, he's gone. She is gone. And instead, you and I are righteous. We are justified. We are now set apart. We are his ambassador in this world. And we are being made more and more like Jesus every day. It is our new identity. We have been commissioned as warriors on his behalf. Because that's what a commissioning is, right? A commissioning is just this, this moment in time that says, this is who you are. You are a warrior and you are going to walk behind a victorious king and you have been commissioned. But so often I can forget my identity. I can forget the promises and the blessings that are mine because of who I am, because of who Jesus is to me. And so God, though, is as patient with us, more patient with us than I was with my little guy trying to remember lightning storm. And so every time you and I need to return to him going, I've forgotten again who I am. I have forgotten again what you made me to be. 
And over and over, you know what he says, I believe, to us? Is he wants a verse like 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 to ring out in our ears. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for my possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of me who called you out of darkness. I have called you into my marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are my people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is what that scripture says for you and for me as moms. And yet we forget. We don't feel chosen. We don't feel holy. We don't feel called out. We don't feel equipped with excellent things. But you know, my son doesn't hesitate to ask me repeatedly to repeat what his powers were, all the promises and blessings of being lightning storm. And he doesn't ask me to, he doesn't care. He's going to ask me 50 times, what is his name again? And he doesn't apologize for it. And he's not reticent about it. Instead, he just boldly comes up to me honestly and in his little three-year-old self when he was three and he would do this. I mean, he would just interrupt anything. I could be doing anything. He's going to interrupt too. Hello, hello. I need to know. I need to know. What's my name? What's my name? But how much more will our Father in Heaven teach us about walking with Him? How much more does He want you to understand you have been commissioned by Him? How much more does He want you to understand his word that promises the abundance about our position as his child and about being commissioned as his warrior, how much more does he want to teach and guide you? He welcomes us into his throne room time and time again when we need to be reminded over and over of who we are. God has commissioned you. And he has commissioned me. Not only has he commissioned us just to be a warrior out in the world. He has said that we're going to set our motherhood inside of the gospel. So he not only has commissioned you as a warrior, he has commissioned you as a warrior in the mothering role that you occupy with the children he has set inside of your home. He isn't confused by the children he gave you. He doesn't believe that somebody else would be better than the children he gave you. He believes that you are the best choice. Surrender to him, following the victory of who Jesus is to lead and walk with your children as you raise them up. It's you, mama. It's me. But it's you and me understanding that it's not about you and me. It's about Jesus. It's about following him. And it's about constantly returning to what's my name again? I forgot. I got, I got mislaid. I got, I got distracted. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I forgot, Lord. Remind me again what it means to be commissioned by you in this moment with these children. You see, it's going to be a powerful principle that we put into action because most of the world wants to tell you and wants to tell me that it's all about how well you do this. 
And Jesus wants to tell you and wants to tell me it's all about how he did it. And we get to walk in triumphal procession behind him, rejoicing. And we are going to walk onto battlefields and we are going to get battle scars and we are going to get hurt and we are going to have wounds and it's going to be hard and there are going to be stories that we're going to tell and and there are going to be fierce battles and there's going to be lots of time that we might feel scared we might feel discouraged and honestly we might even feel alone but we aren't alone but we are his grace-filled warrior and part of this is understanding the victory is done And we walk in triumph behind him. And we have been called to this purpose. And he will never leave us in the lurch. And he will never leave us forsaken in it. So this week, I want you to understand those two points. You have been given a new name and a new identity. And your motherhood is is inside of your new name and your new identity. And God wants to show you how your motherhood will bring glory to him and to his name because you walk behind the one who brings all glory to God. So again, I would love, there's a free manifesto of this, like a free printout. You can stick it on your mirror Stick it in your closet. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about a couple more. Uh, And really, next week, we're going to talk about it from the standpoint of, okay, so how do we have gospel conversations? How do we actually put it into play in our home verbally with our kids? Because I think that's such a big conversation piece that we all want to know, like, if I could be a fly on your wall, I would love to hear how you do it. I mean, I know I feel that way about certain friends even, you know, I wish I knew how they said things, but we're going to try and talk it out and look again at this manifesto and understand what does it mean to speak in Christ? What does it mean to be a hope giver for the next generation? So you can grab the manifesto. It's on my website and it's going to be in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing more and more how you are growing as a grace-filled warrior. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.